Hey, what's going on, everybody? Here we are back at it again with another segment of the I Am series in association with Glory Bound Athletics. Today, well, today I got a topic I think touches on all of us, at least at one time or another. Today I want to talk to you guys about the number one dream killer out there. This topic's so serious, it's ruined more dreams and ambitions than any other thing in the world. Who knows? It could be lurking in the shadows waiting for you right now, and you don't even realize it. Today's topic is about excuses. That's right. Excuses. We all got them. We've all been a victim of them. Making excuses has killed more dreams than any other thing in this world. If we aren't careful in life, making excuses can turn an extraordinary you into just an ordinary could have been. So here's the question of the day you need to ask yourself. Am I an excuse maker? I want you to really go through this week and ask yourself that in every aspect of your life, not just one, whether it be in school, maybe at gym during practice, maybe even in your home life, where do I make excuses? Am I an excuse maker in this area? Where do I need to focus on? Where do I need to stop slacking? Do I let excuses control me or do I ex control those excuses? And since we're on the topic of making excuses, there's only one person that came to mind when we were talking about this, and that is the man himself, the man, the myth, the ultimate excuse maker himself, Gideon. Now you can find Gideon's story in the Old Testament in the book of Judges. Gideon was a farmer, and an angel came to Gideon and announced that Gideon was that he was going to use Gideon to save the people and destroy their enemies. Now, their enemies were the Mennonites and the Akamites, and Gideon was an Israelite. Gideon was very doubtful, and when I say very doubtful, more, more or less he used every excuse under the sun to tell the Lord that he probably wasn't the guy he was looking for. He was not mighty or powerful or strong warrior, how could God use him? The angel assured him that he was the man for the job. He even made a deal with God. Have you ever made a deal with somebody? Well, Gideon asked God to give him a special sign just to make sure he was really the one God wanted to use to defeat the Mennonites. Then Gideon said to God, If you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said, behold, I am laying a fleece of wood on the threshing floor. If there is dew in the fleece alone, and it is dry around the ground, all around the ground, then I shall know that you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said. And it was so. When he arose early the next morning and squeezed the fleece, he wrung out enough dew from the fleece fill a bowl of water. Judges 6, 36 through 38. 
And then when we look on to Judges 6, 39 and 34, it says, Then Gideon said to God, Let not your anger burn against me. Let me speak just once more. So basically Gideon's asking, Let's go for best two out of three. Please let him test just once more with the fleece. Please let it be dry on the fleece only. And all around and all around the ground let there be dew. And God did so that night. It was dry on the fleece only, and all around the ground there was dew. So now Gideon had pretty much used up all his excuses and pretty much knows he's gonna have to go through this, through with this. Or at least we'd hope so. Before he went into battle though, God did Another interesting thing. He shrank his army. You would have think you would have thought that defeating a big army would require making the army bigger, right? Not this time. See, the Israelites were always getting themselves into trouble, and God had to come along and rescue them. They were always getting into areas of doubt and forgetting who the Lord God was. See, Gideon started out with an army of 32,000 men, whereas the Midianites and Acolytes had an army of 130,000 men. See, that wasn't good enough because God knew that if Gideon and the Israelites defeated the Midianites, and the Acolytes was such a small number, they wouldn't say that it was because of the Lord Almighty. They would say, nope, I'm just a bad man. That's all it is. Mr. Tough Guy over here. So God knew he had to do something even greater, an even greater show. So it says, the Lord said to Gideon, these people with you are too many for me to give the Mennonites into their hands. Lest Israel boast over me saying, my own hand has saved me. Now, therefore proclaim in the ears of the people saying, whoever is fearful and tremble, let them return. Now, you know, good and well, Gideon was like, well, I'm fearful. I'm trembling. Let me return. But he wasn't getting out that easy. Then 22,000 people raised their hand. And Gideon had to tell them they could leave. That only left them with about 10,000 people. And the Lord said to Gideon, these are still too many. Now you know good and well that Gideon with them was going, are you serious? Do you see how many of them there are? Take them down to the water. And I will test them for you there. And anyone of whom I say to you, this one shall go with you, shall go with you. And anyone who I say to you, this one shall not go with you, shall not go. So he brought the people down to the water and the Lord said to Gideon, Everyone who laps the water with his tongue as a dog laps, you shall set by himself. Likewise, everyone who kneels down to drink 
in the numbers of those who lapped, putting their hands in their mouths, was 300 men. So now we're down to getting us down to 300 men versus 130,000 soldiers. But all the rest of the people knelt down to drink the water, and the Lord said to Gideon, With these 300 men who lapped, I will save you and give you the Midianites into your hands. And let all the others go, every man to his home. So the people took provisions in their hands and their trumpets, and they sat and they sent all the rest of the Israel men to his tents. But the 300 men remained, and the camp of Midian was below him in the valley. So Gideon, so why did Gideon get rid of so many people potentially that could fight? First he cut the army in half, and then he cut it down even further. The Mennonites now outnumbered the Mennonites now outnumbered them fifty to one. That's crazy, crazy numbers. And Gideon, well, he was still pretty nervous. He snuck down to the Mennonite camp and listened into the conversations. In it, he overheard someone discussing a dream he had had, and in which a barley cake had came down and knocked over their tent. Gideon took this to meant that they were they were going to win the battle, and they gave it to him, and they gave him hope and inspiration. Now Gideon's pumped up now. He went from being scared to now he's raring to go. And as soon as Gideon heard them telling the dream and its interpretation, he worshipped. And he returned to the camp of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord has given the host of Midian into the hands, into your hand. And he divided the three hundred into three companies and put trumpets into the hands of Uh, he put trumpets into the hands of them all with empty jars and torches inside of jars. And the reason he did that is I don't know if you've ever seen like pictures of Revolutionary War or, uh, you know, Civil War where they had a certain amount of drummers or flute players uh, marching alongside them. They only had a certain amount per every hundreds of men. So if a man had a torch, they figured that one man per every hundred men would have a torch because you couldn't hold a torch and a shield. So it was one man with a torch per every hundred men. So not only that, But all these different things made it look to the Midianites and Aquamites as if it wasn't just 300 men, but we're talking thousands upon thousands of men that Gideon had with him. Let's see. He divided the 300 men into three companies, put trumpets into their hands, and all of them play and all of them, and empty jars and torches inside the jars. And he said to them, look at me 
and do likewise. When I come to the outskirts of the camp, do as I do. When I blow the trumpets, I and all who are with me then blow the trumpets also on every side of the camp and shout for the Lord and for Gideon. And that's found in Judges 7, 15 through 18. So Gideon and the hundred men who were with him came to the outskirts of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch. And they had just set the watch. And they blew the trumpets and smashed the jars that were in their hands. Then the 300 men blew the trumpets and broke the jars. And they held in their left hands torches and in the right hands the trumpets to blow. And they cried out, A sword for the Lord and for Gideon. And every man stood in his place around the camp. And all the army ran, and they, cr they cried and they fled. When they blew the three hundred trumpets, the Lord set every man's sword against his comrade and against all the army. And the army fled as far as towards Zira, Zara, and as far as the border of Abadamol by Tabitha. And the men of Israel were called out in front of Nepetha, and from Asher, and from all of Manseah, and they pursued after the Medanites. So after hearing that story, here's a couple of questions I want to ask you. What are some of the what are some of the weaknesses God sees in your life that you've been making excuses about? What are some of the things you fear most in life that we hide behind excuses about? How can you learn and trust God to remove all those excuses and fears? What personal sacrifices will you have to make and what excuses will you need to set aside to get where you want to go? After all these questions, after you've answered all these questions, with all this, I just want to close in prayer. And this prayer is, Dear Lord, the battles we go through in life, we ask for a chance that is fair, a chance to equal our strides, a chance to do or dare. If we should win, let it be by the code, with faith and honor held high. If we should lose, we'll stand by the road and cheer as the winners go by. Day by day, we get better and better till we can't be beat, till we won't be beat. That's it. That's it for me, guys. I appreciate everybody listening, and as always, you'll have a great week. And think about it through this week. What am I making excuses about? Where can I set those excuses aside? Where can I take each day and focus and get better and better?
until I can't be beat. Have a great week, guys.